0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Professional Insights Podcast. Thank you very much for uh, listening to us and sharing and caring. Thank you very much to our sponsors, Brand Boulevard, for uh, constantly getting us uh, stuff to give to our guests. Um, uh, my name is Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. And I'm Trevor Lindy. And Josh Bond could not be here with us as he is slightly under the weather. And, but we do have a guest uh, Councillor Lori Littleton from the city of St. Catharines. Hello, Councillor. Hello. Lori.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Thanks for joining.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, so this is, uh, we really appreciate it. We wanted to kind of get, uh, right now we're recording on, uh, February 17th, 2021 for this podcast. So we just had the major snowfall that just happened. Uh, the one out of the four months out of the year that happens. Yeah. Um, and we, what, what did what, what, how many emails have you been getting?
1: Oh, I'm probably over 30 by now.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. it? Only 30? <laughs> well, she's only Meriton. You got to remember that. She's the Meriton yeah. uh, counselor. Okay. And she's also vice chair of the standing budget committee for the city of St. Catharines. And Brandon's been on a podcast all day, so you can't email her. No, I can't. My email's <laughs> broken. Um, so, you know, we were, it kind of leads, we, we just finished having Grant LaFleche on. And it, it kind of, you know, talking about, you know, kind of sifting through um, the stuff of that he's reporting with regards to COVID and all this kind of stuff and trying to beat the memes and the Facebook fact checkers of the world. Um. Um, and I'm sure as a counselor, being especially the vice chair of the standing budget committee, which, by the way, uh, for a little bit of uh, facts for people that are listening, a standing budget c- committee, you know, the one that decides how to spend our $130 million operating budget and $70 million capital budget. Did I have that right, counselor?
1: Um, I think it's about $130 in total. In total? Yeah.
0: So a standing budget committee was not a thing. It was not a thing until 2014 when council finally got elected along with Walter Senzik as mayor of City of St. Catharines, which as a financial planner, I was completely blown away that you wouldn't have a standing committee on the very thing to run the whole entire city. Um, so you must get frustrated on people that, you know, you're making decisions just in St. Catherine's on how to spend $130 million and you don't like what, what the, like, and then you get 30 emails for snowplow, right. Hmm. But no emails on the budget.
1: Yeah, you, we don't tend to get a lot of emails about the budget and, and actually I also sit on the um, Budget Engagement Task Force with counselors Porter and Cisco, who is the chair of the Budget Standing Committee. Yep. And we are really trying to find ways to get people more engaged in the budget so that they understand um, what the budget is, what goes into the budget, what parts are fixed, because we have debt repayments, for example, that's fixed part of the budget and why we don't spend um, money on certain things so snow plowing is a great example right now right now snow plowing is the biggest issue for everybody in the city right it's affecting everybody um, it's inconvenienced people and i understand all of these issues right it's right in front of everybody's face right now so the the knee-jerk reaction is to call your counselor or the city and demand why do i not have snow plowing that is a reasonable thought right like that is i understand that a hundred percent but for the city when you look at the city how many snow events do we have how much snow do we actually get we are not ottawa we are not kingston we are not london i lived in london i lived in ottawa these places much more snow And so therefore, they have more trucks, they have more plows. My parents live in a subdivision and get a sidewalk plow. You don't get that here in St. Catharines because we don't have that snow. So the question then becomes, for anyone who's listening, do we want to invest more money in snow removal and have our fleet sit for the majority of the year? We can totally do that. We just have to pay for it. So what do people want? What's important to them? And it's important if they could take a step back on a day like today, because today everybody's really excited, right? It's in front of them. It's it's inconvenienced them. People have missed appointments. They couldn't get the kids to school yesterday, but we need to look at it overall. And that's what the budget standing committee does. And that's what council is supposed to do. We don't, we don't make quick decisions on the budget. It's overall perspective.
0: Now you were also you're also um, involved with measures. You're part of council that makes decisions on measures on, on not necessarily section twenty two orders because that's Dr. Herji that makes those decisions, but on COVID nineteen protocols and, you know, I just saw like St. Catharines Pest passed, passed a resolu- resolution and it just passed also at the Niagara Region about extra sick days, right? Um, that was passed, but you guys passed a motion. About a, mo- a couple weeks ago on that, um, and I guess what we touched on with Grant is the visceral hate that you sometimes get as a counselor. Um, and you all, in 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 part of your life as well, you you were um, a journalist of some sort, like as well. Like you you was it a journalist for a paper, yeah. or okay, for which paper?
1: The Standard. Okay. okay, so
0: but it wasn't in Ottawa or London anywhere else. It was just the standard.
1: No, I also worked in Brantford and, and Niagara yes. Falls. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, yeah, I knew there was other cities besides Saint Catharines. Mm-hmm. And have you seen as a now being a for of uh, being a, I wouldn't say for because you do still write, um, but being a journalist, previous to becoming a counselor, and having to report some pretty hard truths, have you seen the visceral? hate i guess for lack of a better description um ramp up or or and has it has that been amplified because of covid or has that just been a consistent and then this is just an uptick and it's just kind of like opening up the 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 wounds so to speak
1: i think to be honest after the election of president trump it seemed to give license to anybody who thought maybe I should keep myself in check on a number of issues, (laughs) Um, the ability now to just unleash. And there seemed to be an acceptance of it in, especially stateside, because they elected that guy to be the president. Um, And people knew what he was like, but they still elected him. And (laughs) I think that we've seen all of the attacks, become almost legitimized because of his behavior this is just my own personal take it seems to be that that 2016 was the tipping point and after that it's been keyboard warriors you know unite and they just it's awful because when I was a reporter uh well we had the internet I mean we've had the internet for quite a while um we didn't have you know, we didn't put stories on Twitter. We didn't do all these things. That, that's not part of my job when I was. And I left in 2011. So that's, for anyone listening, that was the time there. So if somebody was upset about something I'd written, they would have to call me or write a letter to the editor, or they could email me. And so it took a lot more effort, and they would have to out themselves because they, I would hear their voice. Uh, you can't send an anonymous letter to the editor It's never been allowed. They will not publish it. Um, So while the newspapers have always gotten interesting, I will say, letters and submissions from members of the public, they would never be printed. But now there's this, this wide open net that anybody with a keyboard is free to unleash and they don't have to say, I'm Bob who works at XYZ company.
0: Well, it's kind of funny you, you do say that, which is, again, I, I've mentioned on many podcasts, which is the reason why I deleted my Facebook account. I'm completely off it altogether um, because I, I pay for my news, um, you know, and uh, that's where I get my news from it. And, you know, have there been many missteps based on both levels of government uh, with this whole pandemic? Absolutely. Um, but I'm one to listen to the, the elected leaders and, and bureaucrats of this country on how I make my decisions. That's the way I am. I'm pragmatic, practical. I'm not a sheep. I, I do question, uh, but I question things I think in, in a very logical, pragmatic and practical way. But I do agree with you and you're not coming at it just to clarify for any listeners or at all from a conservative or liberal perspective yeah. when you would say Donald Trump. You're saying the person. You're not saying Republican versus Democrat because it's on both sides. You must see it from both sides. Um, because whether people like it or not, Yes, um, uh, municipal politics are bipartisan, but they're not really. I mean, in some decisions you make being a vice chair of the budget committee where you have to make tough decisions and on, on what to cut. Uh, and in order to keep taxes at, at, at a reasonable level, um, you're not being too liberal enough. You're not being too ndp enough. And then- and then you make a cut, and then you got the conservatives coming at you going, you're not being too fiscally prudent enough, right? So, it should be zero increase. Well, I'm sorry, there's something called inflation, and that's actually statistically impossible. But, um, but that's for another day. <laughs> uh, I, I am one, I remember when Trump got, got elected, and he made a lot of things racist, like he made a lot of his comments, very racist comments, and one of them being immigration, especially when we had the big refugee problem at the Quebec border. And I was always the person uh, among, among every, a lot of people that like to have a discussion about immigration, about refugees, and the economic impact that they have on our communities. Um, because the fact of the matter is, at that time, they weren't going to northern Saskatchewan. They weren't going to northern Ontario or the, or, or the Maritimes. They were going to Toronto. They were going to Montreal, which is already overcrowded and populated as it is. And these are the types of discussions that I like to have. um, And the costs associated with transitioning these people into the community, because a lot of them, English was their second language. But that got completely taken away after Trump. I was branded as, you know, I I stopped talking because I was branded as being racist or anti-immigration, which is hilarious because I'm the son of an immigrant. My dad literally came off the boat. So it's hilarious that I am not anti-immigration, I'm not anti-refugee, I'm not, because if that was the case, I would not be here in this country. Um, So I completely understand where you're coming from because there's a lot of issues that I just stopped talking about because because of that. You know what I mean? Um, Do you see a fix for any of this? Like, do you see what is a potential
1: solution any of this the solution would be for people to to police themselves right um and just understand actually this is the solution <laughs> if anyone could do this i'm hopping mad i'm i'm person and i'm hopping mad about an issue and i'm gonna take five minutes and i'm gonna calm down and not put on facebook what i initially thought i think if, if we did that and dialed it back and just stop being so emotional all the time, and you know, that might have that might help. Because uh, to your point about Facebook, I have had to leave a Facebook group recently, because it's just a local Facebook group. But in that Facebook group, it just seems that people get egged on untruths are reported. And then people get upset about that, and it's not true to begin with. And you can't get any rational conversation going. So I find that Facebook groups themselves are echo chambers for an issue. They're not really for a group. They're not. They're not open and um, welcoming to a variety of ideas and opinions. So. You know, myself, I have to decide if I'm actually going to participate in those groups because there's no benefit and everyone is getting mad and not listening to reason or not wanting to listen to reason or even other viewpoints. So that for me it would be taking the responsibility myself to say whether I'm going to participate in something like that. But ultimately, unless we start changing the criminal code, now the reason why I, I, I'm here too is that a couple weeks ago around you would mention you were talking with Grant LaFleche. It was around the time he had some really awful things that were said about him. Um, I got uh, what could be construed as a death threat on Twitter. And um, it was completely ridiculous. The tweet had been, I was laughing because the kids were home and and I made a joke that, you know, they were already fighting and it was eight o'clock in the morning and I got to work. Something like this, right? Just kind of a humorous thing. And the person said around along the lines, well, you know, it's kind of your fault, you're complicit in this, you, you're, you're," whatever it was, like, you're going to get yours and, and uh, your, your days are numbered, something like this. So because of the language that was used, I, I had to call the police that after I had consulted with some other people and said, you know, what do we think about this? And they're like, you need to report this. And so there's no need for that. It was completely ridiculous. It was a a joke kind of comment that I had made, but this person clearly is upset about the lockdown and this is the way that they deal with it. And of course they're anonymous. So I don't know what we do about that. But when I was speaking with the police, they said, basically, unless they say we're going to come and kill you, it's not even considered a death threat. So I I don't, I, I don't know what the answer is here.
0: Right. No, it's, it's kind of sad because, you know, we're, we're trying to get a lot of, you know, facts out and people are, are getting grouped into like, I, you know, before I completely deleted Facebook, I had to get off of a bunch of groups because to that exact reason, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting pulled into this rabbit hole. And I'm like, I want nothing to do with it. And, you know, being in the same industry that I am, right. However, you're, you're on this program for compliance reasons, you're on this program in your capacity as city councillor. I have to make that declaration Thank you. for the regulators that are out there because we are heavily regulated. Yes. Um, Jeff, regulation is when you have a body that actually penalizes people for saying things you should, you know, just
1: he does of, have a body that penalizes yeah, people. Yeah. He's part of that and body.
0: people complain. Yeah, he's part of that body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's part of a region. Um, yeah, but absolutely. in all joking aside, we, you, we have to, we have to publicly state in what capacity we're on this program for. Was that a realtor shot or a builder shot?
1: Realtor uh, shot.
0: It was a realtor shot, not a builder yeah, shot. No. God, the building industry is heavily regulated. Um, <laughs> Real estate's
1: not. Come on. Uh,
0: no, there's a couple of realtors that we can go on to a, a, on a separate program that I think should not have their licenses based on the last year, but that's something for a completely another day. Um, as you can see, Laurie, we completely chirp each <laughs> other all the time. Usually, uh, it's just directed at me. So when it can be diverted elsewhere, fantastic. I mean, usually, you take a four-week <laughs> vacation in August. You just couldn't yeah. do it this year. Uh it, it, Yeah, I know. And according to it, Curry, I take the entire summer off. You pretty much do. <laughs> I'm like a you're school teacher. Pretty no, you pretty much. Pretty mu- no, pretty much do. Oh, now he um, said
1: school teachers come on.
0: <laughs> but in all in all seriousness, though, like we. We have to be careful with what we say, right, Lori, like in our industry. Yeah. And otherwise we can lose our licenses and lose our livelihoods. Yeah. And there's no checks and balances anymore on what people say on social media or what they do. And you're right. The criminal code was written decades ago, like updated decades ago before social media even came into fruition. And this is what we've got is this, this, this evolvement of, of people thinking that, you know, as I always famously say, I, I always try to say to people, you're entitled to how you feel. That's fine. You can feel however you want to feel and you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to be right. Mm-hmm. So you can have your opinion, which is how you feel. That's totally fine. But you can't, you're not entitled to be right. Facts are facts. There's there's no, there is no his facts, her facts. No, it's not. It's the facts are the facts. So digest it how you want to digest it, but it doesn't mean that you're right. Uh, And I think we've gotten away from, um, you're right when you touched on the letter to the editor, anonymous letters were never published. You always had to have your name associated with something, which is one of the reasons why they got rid of the comment wall, because people were just recording comments under false names and stuff like that. And there was no way to trace them, right? You were there. Were you there at the time? or no, no that was after you it left was it.
1: after i left but i remember hearing about it
0: so it's one of those things where i um yeah i, I kind of definitely i and i can't even fathom what it's like to be a politician or a counselor in this type of uh day and anything you say gets construed as partisan in, in one way or one shape way or form right i mean with the with what's going on
1: in the world right now yeah it's really funny I, i'm I guess because I don't identify with a political party, I'm not a member of a political party. And, and so I really, really feel like we had talked, you had mentioned earlier that municipal politics should really be free of all of that. I, I, and I totally, I totally believe that. Um, but I mean, when I was running, um, I had people at the door that were like, well, what party do you support? Who did you vote for in the last election? I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I voted for because I'm talking about your streets and I'm talking about these things. Um, And I even had someone make a comment on my Facebook page. Oh, look at her. She's a Trudeau supporter because of her glasses. My glasses. (laughs) So, I mean, people are going to think what they want to think. I just, I don't even know what to take from that. It's, I think because people want to be justified in like what kind of what you're saying, their own opinions. But I have people that I interact with that are conservatives, that are NDPers, that are liberals, that are Green Party. I represent them all in this ward, and their matters are things that, we d- that I can deal with. But if I can't help you, I, like for example, I can't help you with healthcare. So I have to refer you to the province. It doesn't matter who's at the province, that's the province that deals with that. So, so that's my job, is, is not to get caught up into you know, NDP platform or conservative platform. It's, it's irrelevant to what we're trying to do in the city.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, when is the next budget meeting?
1: Oh, we just those? had one. So I don't believe we have one until I think it's March would be okay. the next one. Cause it's early right now.
0: With and, Dr. uh, well, yeah, Dr. Herji. <laughs> doctor, Hello. how's it going? Hello. Doctor. <laughs> um, well, we're just, um, Counselor Littleton, well, then we'll, we'll wrap up this segment yeah, with you. I'm leaving. But the you next time,
1: Dr. yeah,
0: oh, yeah. The next time that you're on, though, uh, Counselor, uh, please let us know. Uh, we'd love to have you on as part of an engagement tool for budgets and what have you. Oh, super. And reach out to us. We'll have you on the podcast. We'll have the chair or whomever.
1: Yeah. yeah that Cisco, Cisco guy,
0: that, yeah, Councilor
1: Cisco, whatever. He's very no, good.
0: I He's know, very- you know, I chirp him big time because I love <laughs> the guy. All right. Thank you so much. Uh,
1: thank you Gaspar for
0: coming on. We really appreciate it.
1: Have yeah, a nice appreciate day. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host Dave Vail. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointpodcast.com.
0: The Podcast Superfriends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers.
1: Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton
0: Rouge, Louisiana. Google Podcasts
1: or at soundoff.network Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the SoundOff Media Company